Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, this chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, and I'm joined by two guests this week. And I think this might be the first time on the over two years of the show that I've had two guests. So I'm extremely excited about that. And also to speak to these lovely, accomplished and very stylish ladies. Please help me welcome Allison Brune and Delia Folk from The Style That Binds Us to the show. Ladies, how are you? Great. We are just doing great. Thank you for having us. I love it. Where in the world are you? Manhattan. Oh, you're in my home city. Yeah. 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 I knew I loved you both automatically. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we're, we're here today talking about style. Uh, We are specifically talking about the science of getting dressed, which I'm obsessed with that topic, but also, you know, you guys are mother, your mother, daughter, and you have a business together. So like, can you just kind of walk me through before we get to the style piece? Like, how did that happen? Delia, do you want to go into that? Sure. Yes. So basically I was at Barney's working on the buying team. Then mom became a personal stylist. And so we were organically working together because I was constantly telling her about the incredible emerging brands that I was getting to meet while at Barney's. And so that she could introduce them to her clients, we ended up starting our own blogs. Mom was answering the style questions women kept asking her when she's working with them in their closets. And then I was interviewing the emerging brands to tell their story. So then I wanted to launch a podcast and YouTube channel because the future was going to be audio and video. And when people would see us together, because mom would, she she was living in Alabama, and then she would come up to New York and we would go to fashion conferences and events and they would see us together and they would say, you're in the same industry. You have a great relationship. I don't understand why you're not doing something together. And being from the South, mom was hesitant because she didn't want to she's like we have serious careers and we don't want to do the mommy and me thing like this is we want people to take us seriously so anyway finally she decided that we could do work together as mother daughter so we combined brought the blogs to life via video and audio and that's when the style that binds us was born it's a perfect name for what you've got going on like it's such a clever play play on words i love it so much great yeah we we you know we've tossed around a lot of different names and one day it just kind of hit me. You know, I remember I was on the sofa. I remember when it hit me and I thought, this makes perfect sense because besides just being mother daughter, we're bound that way because, you know, we're family, but also um, we do have a love of the visual arts and especially personal style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love our topic today is the science of getting dressed, but Mm -hmm. just something you said just sparked this, this thought in me that is like, Yes, there's a science to getting dressed, but Mm -hmm. isn't it also just a very lovely creative expression of art as well? Absolutely. I tell my clients that all the time. I tell them it's like you're building um, an art collection, but you're building it, you know, to wear on your body. So you need to be thoughtful about what you bring into your closet and obviously what you take out. But it is definitely very much like wearable art. And those people designing it certainly feel that way. 
Yes. So oftentimes in um, with the people that I coach and other wedding pros that I speak to, you know, there is this idea. Well, there's, you know, two ideas, right? I think there's a mm -hmm. dichotomy here. There's the one side of my wedding industry, lovely, is that understand design because they perhaps are designers, right? Mm -hmm. And and they understand how important it is and how to represent themselves and, you know, and how to take care and time with it. And then there's the other half that is overwhelmed and very busy and is also maybe a mom and also maybe is running multiple businesses. And there's this energy of like, well, I don't have time for that. And that's not a serious pursuit. And so I wonder what you think about that. Well, there are many thoughts I think about that. Um, <laughs> the main one is that when you talk about the science behind getting dressed, I'm not the type stylist and Delia and I, we love fashion. We love fashion. But we, there are many people who don't, that's not their passion. You know, they, right. they have other hobbies and busy lives and they're women of substance and we get all of that. But what people don't understand, what's not shallow at all is the way people are perceiving you. So when I went to FIT, what they actually teach you is what the brain of the person who is looking at you is thinking. And a lot of the thoughts are, they're um, automatic, they're instinctive, they're not, you know, and what the, the attributes and the qualities that people will assign you based on the way you look might have nothing to do with who you are. And that was right. fascinating to me. And the other thing that I hear a lot is I dress this way because this is the way I'm supposed to dress for my whatever, my business, yes. my age, my whatever. Yes. But, but this is me over here. So when you're, when you're not, you know, authentic is so overused, but when you're not like your insides and your outsides aren't matching, you're basically living a distracted life and you're living a confused life and you're sending out confusing messages too. So once you figure out what works for you, your body type, what you want people to know about you, for sure, obviously with um, interviews and things like that, but it's not just a first yeah. impression. It's, it's, it's a life of impressions. You know, it's that, you know, get up late, run into work with your hair wet and wrinkled shirt, and there's a whole other impression of you that people yes. never had before. So a lot of it also is just taking a little more time. But I really, it's been fascinating to work with people like college professors and um, writers and things like that. And they are conscious of what their colleagues would think, and they are conscious of what their readers might think. However, they have to speak publicly, do book signings, book readings. Uh, universities ask professors to make videos for the college all the time. And so they're very confused and they certainly have almost had a badge of honor about not looking yes. put together. Yes, because they're intellectuals. They don't need right. that, right? But yeah. the minute we start putting together some things that work for them and they look in the mirror and you can see that click and all of a sudden they're like, wow, I had no idea. And it has nothing to do with fashion. It has nothing to do with fluffing up. It literally mm. has to do with sometimes it's your armor that you're putting on, you know, or yeah. if you're about to, you know, you are literally going to be public. You know this because you're a public speaker. What that feels like walking out with a dress that maybe is too short waisted or, oh, you yeah. know, it's the wrong color. <laughs> yes. Or, you know, you feel like the hem is a little too short. You're kind of tugging at your clothes. You're distracted in what you're supposed to be saying. And people can sense that right away, you know. Yeah. Yes, but of course, when you're dressed exactly the way you should for your body and what you're talking about and everything, they sometimes if they, you know, if the speech isn't that exciting, they may start thinking about 
the color of the dress like you do, maybe like on the <laughs> nightly news, you know, why yes. are you wearing that color? But for the most part, that part goes away. They don't even notice what you're wearing as much as they are actually listening to what you have to say because their brain has sort of, it's called visual harmony. When they check all that off, that all works. That's a complete package. It's a nice appealing experience. So they're ready to listen to what the person they're looking at has to say instead of having visual noise, which is why is she wearing that color? That dress I think is too short. It's literally a distraction for people and they're not sitting down thinking, I'm going to critique the way this person looks while she's speaking. The brain just right. literally automatically does that. So if you want right. people to listen to you and you know, you're working hard to get your point across, then you have this power that you might not realize in what you it's put on true. your body. Yeah. It's so true. I was, <laughs> as you said that I was thinking my husband and I years ago went to see, um, uh, this, theater company in, in Los Angeles was putting on like a variety show. So mm -hmm. it was a variety of acts. I didn't, we did not know a, a lot of the people that were involved. We knew some of the people, but we came to support. It was like a holiday show, I believe. And anyway, one of the uh, ladies got up to sing a song and she was wearing sort of a bodycon dress, but um, how do I put this? Like the lines were not clean in that I could see her visible panty line. In my opinion, she could have benefited from like a pair of hose or a spank, you know? woman to woman and I was distracted the entire time because all I kept thinking of was like is there are ways she could look better in this outfit <laughs> right and you were probably also thinking oh gosh I feel so bad for her she doesn't yes. know and everybody's looking at this yes yeah. and I and later someone said did you enjoy like so-and-so's song and I was like I don't even remember what she's saying wow exactly point because I was distracted yeah. yeah I also want to point out it's uh something you mentioned a little early on in that and saying like you know, if you're, if what you're wearing, if how you present yourself doesn't align with who you are. Right. Well, when I started my business a million years ago, I really had this idea that I was going to be the kind of wedding planner that served like extremely non-traditional couples. And we were going to do these like wacky offbeat weddings because mm -hmm. I'm just not a judgmental person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm here for everything. Right. So I signed myself up for this wedding show that was called, oh, what was it called? It was hosted by offbeat bride. It was like literally a wedding fair for like offbeat couples. Right. And I was uh -huh. like, I'm going to do it. So I invested this money, my husband and I put together this booth and we spent all this time on like the decor of the booth. And then like maybe three days before the event, I realized like with a, with like a panic that I had mm -hmm. nothing to wear because I looked at my closet, which at the time was full of like Ann Taylor clothes. <laughs> right. And, and I looked and I was like, oh my God, I have nothing to wear. These people are going to like, I don't look the part. I don't look like what these people will expect an offbeat wedding planner to look like. And I made myself insane. I remember I bought like Kate Spade sparkly sneakers and like a tutu skirt. I was really just like <laughs> going, I don't know what I was thinking. Cause it just, none of it felt like me. Right. 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 And I mean, I was trying to brand myself for this thing, but then the entire day that we were at the event, I kept thinking, this just feels so off. Like something is wrong here. And, and I really realized you know, after that, it was a two day experience that I was like, I've been going about this the entirely wrong way. Like, if I'm a human woman who likes to shop at Ann Taylor, uh, the way I'm presenting myself is not is not these clients, like these clients are not going to see what they need in me, I need to figure something else out. And then I started rebranding my business. That is so fascinating. I really think that's fascinating, because that's a perfect example. Instead of you continuing to say, I know this is where I need to be. So I'm going to change my look. It's almost like to not to trick these people, but to make them <laughs> right, believe right. a fantasy, right? Really, to realize 
this isn't even me. What am I doing? You know, right. Like, like, am I going to dye my hair purple and get tattoos? Exactly. I'm not. Exactly. And there are other people who can authentically right. represent that. Right. I mean, I still do weddings. I'm very, I'm still very, oh, sure. we do weddings for everyone. But, but for me, Renee, it's like, I have a more classic styling yeah. that I'm attracted to. And I just had to lean into that. Right. So now all these years later, like the brand is like effortlessly elegant. Like we, we, we lean into like, you know, luxury, but make it, make it effortless. Like mm -hmm. don't try like non-fussy luxury is what mm -hmm. is what we do here. And that's like the whole vibe all along. I just didn't see it because I was trying to desperately be something else. You know, I love that. I really do love that so much. We do uh, like visual branding seminars and things like that. And a lot of it is what you said. It is even as simple as looking around your house. Why do you have that lamp? Why is your sofa that color? Did your mother give you that sofa? Do you even like that color? You know, <laughs> what is the art that you've chosen? Why? What is it about? Is there, are there any similarities? Like really take time to soak in, even are your surroundings matching who you are inside? You know, yeah. and then you sort of, and it takes a lifetime, you know, to learn really, you know, you make these, you have these little aha moments as you go through life. Like, you know, you might be almost 60 and realize, I love that color. My mother always told me I look bad in that color. I love that color. I'm going to start wearing that color. You know, these kinds yeah. of things that you think you thought you knew everything. So it's something that can't be, quote, figured out totally. It's like yeah, how to, to uh, tie a scarf. You right, know, well, it's also, it seems to me like it's self-development, really. Absolutely. That's what style is. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And self-awareness. And as you grow older, usually some of that, you know, that kind of plays into it where you relax a little bit more and start to have the idea of, well, if my scarf isn't tied perfectly the right way, who's really going to care? You know, maybe I'll try it this yeah. way. I'm going to go out and, you know, wear it wrapped around my head today and see what happens. I mean, you know, you, and then you really start living basically freely yeah i love that delia i want to ask you like for for my listeners who are because i'm 46 right so and you're younger i can tell uh for the from like my up-and-coming like wedding pros right who are trying to look stylish but also they're in their 20s like what do you recommend as far as like how do you find your style when you're at a younger age because i know now i mean for me it's an evolution like you know what alice and i are talking about it's like it's lifelong but what about for our younger friends Yes. Well, I'm 31, just for context. You're still <laughs> so, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I dress and purchase, it's very instinctual. It doesn't necessarily make sense. My style is kind of all over the place. It's very dependent on where I'm going, the weather, the vibe, all of those things. So sometimes I can be super romantic. Sometimes I can be, I want to be a badass rocker love it chick and sometimes like sexy whatever so or very classic so when i'm purchasing something it's truly like i gravitate towards it the most crazy thing like some beautiful feather shoe or something that's not necessarily practical but you you love it and it's it's joyful when you wear it you're so happy and it makes other people happy actually because you're probably smiling and there's a, some mirror neurons happening there <laughs> and they're complimenting you so so that so that's one way and then also mom and i sometimes when i'm getting dressed it will be like okay what's the vibe tonight who am I going for? Who do I want to be? It's not that I'm trying to be someone else. It just gets you in that mindset. So you can listen to certain music. So one example is I was going to an art gallery opening. And so mom and I, we talk about this example a lot, but 
the vibe was Bianca Jagger. So I have this oh, I phenomenal, love it. yes, this Yves Saint Laurent vintage bolero jacket. And I wore mm. this like little mini dress that's black and tights and thigh high boots and like a sleek ponytail. And so I could have listened to Rolling Stones, you know, I'd like did the whole thing. And then you yeah. show up looking fab and feeling fabulous and you're so confident. So how to find your style is just really experimentation. I mean, one great thing about working with a personal stylist is you get to understand the right colors for you. What's your body type, like how to shop smarter, how to dress for your specific body. You need that core wardrobe so that then you can add in all the pieces because the core wardrobe, then you can mix and match and make hundreds of outfits. Like someone on Instagram, sometimes I'll post different photos of me and they're like, where do you come up with all these outfits? But it's like the reason I can do that is because I have a wardrobe that we've been building for so many years, but I have that core and then I have all the fun pieces that make me so happy. I love it. I, my, I'm curious what you think about this, because when you talked about the Bianca Jagger thing, it's like, oh, it's such an evocative image, like in mm -hmm. my mind. But then also I feel like, oh, the confidence to do something like that. Do you think the confidence comes from the style or do you have to be confident before you pick the style? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I know. Well, BB, I think I was, I am like a very headstrong, confident, mm -hmm. just sense of self for some reason. I'm an only child and just going to camp by myself. And I'm not really sure why I am the way I am, but I'm an only child I, too. I get it. I get it. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think style, especially if you're going into a hard situation, which in life you will, whether it's asking for a promotion or going on a first date where you're a little bit nervous or going and you're going to see some frenemy or who knows what. Mm -hmm. But if you do need that extra dose of confidence, then having an outfit that you feel completely fabulous in that can increase and boost your confidence. So you, if you are not super confident, just inherently then by you like trying to wear a trend or trying to wear something but it doesn't feel like you that's certainly not going to help and that's going to detract from the confidence so i do need you to be comfortable with what you are going to wear mm -hmm. so did that answer the question does that yes it totally does because i am of two, i'm i'm such like a class book a textbook gemini and that i have two minds of it because like earlier allison when you mentioned like style or fashion as armor i was like oh mm -hmm. yeah that's me like yeah. i do that but then on the other hand like i have kind of forced myself to you know stretch my edges a bit yes. like i mentioned i mentioned before we recorded like i'm a size 12 or 14 on a good day yeah uh and like we had a party last year my business partner and i where we had like a new the theme was neutrals and i said to her she's very petite i said you're asking a plus size woman to commit to wearing a white outfit publicly where I'm going to be photographed. And she said, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm asking. And I was like, shit. And I sat with myself for a while and I was like, am I going to be able to do this and feel comfortable? And it turns out, I mean, I found the right jumpsuit and got it tailored, which is always very important to me. And I ultimately was proud of myself for stretching. So I can see it both ways. And I think that's an important uh, thing to just bring up that it's like, you don't always have to I don't know, yeah. have the most confidence going in, but you yeah. have to be willing, right? Absolutely. So a couple of things. One is her nickname for me or our nicknames for each other are BB. So if anybody just heard her reference BB and, and they're wondering who is that <laughs> who is BB? Yeah. conversation, um, that's just an affectionate <laughs> nickname. But the other thing is dipping your toe in. So um, mm -hmm. 
there are not a lot of people that are going to walk into a party where they maybe don't know most of the people or they might do it then. But if it's truly walking into a room where you know a bunch of people, are you going to wear thigh high boots and a feather, you know, bolero? <laughs> Probably not. And so, right. but you might wear the feather bolero just with, you know, like a black turtleneck and a mm -hmm. jean that you love and a little booty. And right. just wearing that and people coming up to you and saying, oh my God, this is so cute. You look so great. And then your boy, you know, you're in a good mood. And so once you basically taste that drug, I know that's a weird analogy now. But no, you know it's what I'm true. Saying? All of a sudden you're like, I've got it going on. This is a blast. And then you think, you know, then you become a little more confident and, and willing to take another little risk. And, and obviously like what you were talking about, the, the white, the all white or the all beige or <laughs> yeah. something short, a shorter short. There's so many things that make people uncomfortable, but that is a good example. Like I, I would have worn, you know, like a white jean and a white uh, camisole. And then I would have had some kind of like white sheer trench or a white blazer, mm -hmm. something that sort of camouflaged you know, mm -hmm. like my thigh area or whatever it is. That's normally what I'm <laughs> right. uncomfortable about. So don't not do it. Don't not go. But the fact that you took time and you, and then you did it. How fabulous. I did it. I did it. And honestly, I'm not in love with all those photos. We got the photos back and I was like, oh Jesus. All right. <laughs> but there were a couple that I'm like, okay, we can, we can use these. Like I gave them to my team. Like, okay, these are approved. Yeah. But do you know how many women showed up to that party? And it was most, I can say women, because it was 99% women who didn't do the dress code. They were like, I couldn't do it. I had to wear black or, or I know there's one person who literally didn't, didn't attend. And I was uh, like, no, come yeah. on. Like, it's okay. You can, you can stretch yourself. It's, you, you're yes. not going to die if you wear an out, you know, if, you know what I mean? So well, it was especially exercise. You were asking them to wear neutrals. I mean, yeah. how sort of invisible can you get some people well but what's interesting in my industry right is that we never get to wear neutrals because brides wear white right right so we're always wearing black and standing in the corner and trying to stay out of the photos so we sure. we, we designed the party to be like hey take center stage Aww. let's wear you know let's wear white we never get to and some people took it and ran with it and some didn't and it was interesting to see and no judgment on either side it was just sure. really interesting as one of the hosts to be like okay all right i see what's happening here you know mm -hmm. um and i'm all about stretching myself whenever possible. That's part mm -hmm. of my own self-development. I'm an mm -hmm. only child. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm mm -hmm. always going to try to, you know, I think there is sort of a, yes. I don't know, a little bit of power and keep making yourself a little uncomfortable. You yeah, know? <laughs> totally. Right. And some people don't feel that way and, and we respect that. Yeah. So okay, let's get back to the science of getting dressed because I want to know if there's any, are there any hard and fast rules that an entrepreneur should know about how to dress themselves so that they, you know, they're mm -hmm. perceived as, as competent and confident and successful. Right. So when you are a wedding planner and you are going to meet with a bride and maybe a bride and her mother or, you know, who all she brings with her, you obviously need to look at the part, whatever that is. So hopefully, you know, a lot of times what I do too is, you know, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, see See if you can get a feel for who this person is if you've never met them before. And then dress in a way that you think would resonate with them so that they would feel comfortable. The example is, let's say you, um, you're a child psychologist. If the little child comes in and they've been traumatized and you're in a suit and high heels and your hair is pulled back in a severe manner, they're going to feel very scared and small. But if they come in and you're sitting in a soft chair and you have on a flowing skirt and a soft cashmere sweater and your hair is kind of, you know, 
just around your shoulders in a soft way and you speak in a soft voice, they're immediately going to feel safe. So yeah. it's the same thing in any industry. So if you're going to be a wedding planner, first of all, you need to be polished. You need to be your hair, your nails, your makeup. It doesn't matter if you don't want to wear much makeup at all. But if you do, it's better to wear less than more. But it needs mm -hmm. to look in, in no way distracting. You know, yes. and you need to have use a lint roller. All, all the things you can do to look as polished and organized as possible because they want someone with good taste and they want someone who is super organized. It's going to take all this stress off of their shoulders. So if you and iron your clothes for God's sake, totally keep a, <laughs> keep a mini steamer in your room and never come in with wet hair or anything like that. So just, just take 10 extra minutes. But when you have um, a core wardrobe, like Dave was talking about, it's, it's so easy to get dressed. So it's just like a mix and match kind of thing. But um, it really d totally, everything depends on your body type and your coloring. So you have to know that before you can really get dressed and then also have a good tailor, like you said. And then the, and then the third thing is spending a little extra time on yourself. So when you come, because you know, people are going to look at your shoes. They're going to look at your nails. They're going to look at the one thing yes. you don't want them to look at is what oh, yes. they're going to see. Can I tell you, so there's this venue in town that I work at regularly. I'm not going to give any major mm -hmm. details because I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, but a few years ago, pre-pandemic, so mm -hmm. like early 2020, I had a client who was getting married at this venue and she was lovely. They were, they were from New York City, but they were in LA to get married and mm -hmm. their entire, their parents and everyone, we went to the venue for a meeting. And we had a meeting with multiple members of the staff, but one person in particular, um, a gentleman who works there. Um, did not leave a good impression on the mother of the bride. Mm. And I, I didn't know at the time I could kind of, I, I kind of sensed there was like a little tension in the room, but I couldn't, mm -hmm. I thought it was just, you know, sometimes it's just nerves of planning and, mm -hmm. and, you know, investing all this money in a place. Right. Yes. So we get to the parking lot and the mom sort of gently takes my arm and she says, is that person going to be present at my daughter's wedding? And I said, I mean, typically, no, he's not mm -hmm. present. He works in the office. And she said, good because the heels of his shoes yeah. were downtrodden. And I don't want anyone to think, no, I, I don't want that to be a reflection on this event. And I, at the, I mean, I had no judgment about it because I, I yeah. it's my job to do what my clients want. But as I was driving home, I thought, how interesting. It was a detail that I did not necessarily notice. But then, right. then when she mentioned it, I was like, oh, he did look a little disheveled. Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe not his everyday look, but that was how he looked then. And that was the truth enough for this woman, right? Right. And she wasn't interested in like, oh, maybe tomorrow he'll have better shoes. No, no. Or even can we request that he wear better shoes? It right. is truly a fascinating thing about shoes because you it think is. no one's going to see my shoes. Everyone notices shoes. Everyone notices bags. Everyone notices coats. Mm -hmm. If you're dressed in a perfectly polished way, you look fabulous, but you're wearing your yellow rain slicker because no one's going to notice when you just come in the door. Everyone notices when you come in the door. That's your entrance. <laughs> yes. Hello. Yes. Everyone notices yes. when you go to the grocery store. Where else do you see people besides the office? So these things, when you think don't really matter, that's where you're going to run into the people. And they're going to be like, did you see her? I don't think she's <laughs> coping very well. Right. You know, she had right. her hair pulled up and she looks like she just got out of bed and came to CVS or whatever, you know. So right. those things, it is crazy. And I've been, I worked with Delia about this, um, you know, when she first was starting her career, because coming straight from college into the world of Barney's, which is, you know, the height of luxury fashion, 
you know, you, you can't go to work with your hair wet. You can't, no. you, you, you have to take your shoes to get resold. I know you're walking all over the world because you live in New York City, but you know, you have to stuff your shoes at night with tissue paper or something really deep in there so that the shoes aren't, the booties especially aren't wrinkled. They last a lot longer and they look like they're new. Take a, just like men polish their shoes, women polish their shoes too. Check your heels, go get them resold. All of those kind of things really invest in your in your wardrobe. And if you ha you know have less rather than more, but also um, make sure that the stuff you have you are really taking care of, and that it uh, is you know it's right for your body type. It doesn't matter how much you love it. If it's not going to work right. for your body type, it will never work. Since you mentioned Barney's, I want to sort of sidestep into the luxury market for a sec because that is something I know a lot of my listeners. Um, aspire to, they aspire to work with a luxury client, whether or not they do <laughs> right now. Um, and it's something we talk about often when we talk about personal style and styling, you know, as a business owner, you know, I get asked a lot because I live in Los Angeles and I'm very lucky to be in an affluent market, right? How do you get to work with luxury clients? And my answer is always, well, are, are you part of the luxury lifestyle? Like, do you understand the luxury lifestyle? Do you shop at Barney's? Even if you can't necessarily afford Barney's, do you, do you know what it's like there, right? Have you been? And so from a style perspective, um, what do you see with your more luxury clients? Like what are they drawn to and what, what do they sort of um, respond to in other people? Right. So it is, there was a scene, do you remember that show Girls? Yeah, that of course. Show, okay. So there was one scene when um, Brian, Allison Williams went into interview at an art gallery and the woman was interviewing and talking to her. They were sitting at a table. And then she said, well, you're not getting the job, but don't give up hope. But she said, what are you wearing? Is that an Ann Taylor dress? And she said, yes. And she said, then you need to find another dress. So what she was saying was, <laughs> there was nothing wrong with Ann Taylor. There still isn't. I give that to clients all the time. But if yeah. you are going to work in an art gallery where they sell thousand dollar paintings and on up, you know, you have to, you're mingling with those people and those people know quality when they see it and luxury clients too. There are some clients that are more flashy than others with their money, but for the most yes. part, they have great taste because they can afford the beautiful things and they like things to be understated and elegant. And it does matter a lot of times when I'm working with clients and they've just been promoted, let's say in New York city to a higher level of investment banking, you know, and they're around mainly men, but also the women above them. How can they on a budget or you work in an art gallery and you're meeting with important clients, whining and dining them, how can you look like you're a part of their world? You know, and obviously part of that is just like you said, studying that world, especially if you didn't yeah. come from that world, there is a lot that you will, a lot of research you'll have to do to be able to just, when they mention where they went to school or where they love to go eat, or we were just at this restaurant. If you have no idea what that is, you know, you have to form some bonds for people yes. to trust you and feel like, okay, well, this person understands me. She gets me. Um, if, if they talk about, you know, their home and like, well, we have this wallpaper by Scalamandra that we really want to sort of incorporate into, you know, and you're sitting there going, what is she talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, you might decide that's too much work for me. I don't even think I want to do that now. I can make as much money <laughs> with people like me and be happy and be myself. Yeah. Or it's like you got some learning to do, but it's not impossible. And always just like, you know, black, navy, invest, 
in a great pair of shoes. Um, you know, there's there's all these consignment stores too. So yes. find the labels that really are their go-to labels and slowly and surely invest in those pieces. And, you know, accessories are a big deal. There's a famous woman who is known for accessories. Her name is Iris Atfull. And she's like, mm -hmm. I think she's 100 now. But she said when she was young, the way she got her style, she was young, she had no money. So instead of buying expensive clothes, she just bought all these bangles and everything and, you know, developed this style. People looked at her like, she's somebody. She's got an interesting yeah. story because she has all these cool bangles and everything. So um, there are ways to do it, but it does take some research. I think it was Iris that said, I think there's a TikTok of it. I'm going to find it and put it in the show notes if I can, mm -hmm. where she says something about anyone can purchase an outfit, but it mm -hmm. takes someone with style to wear to wear the outfit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mangling the quote, but it's basically like anyone can walk into Barney's and say, give me this entire thing. But if it's not your own personal style, like your little twist on it is what's going to make it yours and authentic to you. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. And she also said, if you... If you can't get dressed, don't bother going out. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. I, I do. It just drives me uh, crazy the way young people, you know, dress today, you know, according to her. But it just makes her, so yes. much. I just love it so much. I just love that so much. Yeah, just, yeah. And like, you know, I also think too, going just, just, just to touch on the luxury part of it all, like when we talk about designers and research and, you know, if this isn't the world you're familiar with, it might be like, oh, where do I start? Well, it's like, you still have to start with what you like. Like even in the world of luxury, like for myself, like I'm attracted to Chanel, I'm attracted to Chloe, mm -hmm. even though that's not the, the most upscale of brands, right? I'm no, it really is. About, oh, it is right now. I'm not really about Balenciaga. Like I look at the stuff and I go, I get it, but it doesn't seem like me, not right? So you can still look at the you know, look at the brands as art and say, is that for me or is that not for me? And there's so much opportunity now with like the real, real and um, Poshmark and mm -hmm. Tradesy. And like, there's so many apps on your phone where you could shop consignment. And even for me as, as a plus size woman, like there isn't a lot of super designer clothes for me. I, I was trying to find uh, a secondhand Carolina Herrera skirt for a gala I went right. to last week. Could not find one in my size. Ended up getting a skirt made that was sort of in the style. It was a whole thing. Perfect. We can talk about that offline. But I really wanted that classic line, that classic yes. ball skirt with the belt and the top, you know. Yes. And and that felt very much me. And what was great about it is the night at the gala, when people saw me, half the people who saw me were like, oh, Carolina Herrera. And I was right. like, well, it's not, I mean, sure. Yeah. Like it wasn't, sure. it's not real, but sure. That's the look, right? right? And the other half was like, oh my God, this is so you. Not even knowing the designer that yes. was the inspiration. Yeah. And that's when I was like, you know what? There's, there is something to the style. There is something to putting the effort into this. It is a form of self-expression. It is art. And like, yes, I know we're all exhausted, but but you feel you feel so nice when you feel great. And then other people, you know, you get a little yes. compliment here and there. You yes. it just feels so empowering, I think is the Absolutely. word I want to use. Absolutely. It is empowering. Yeah. It is very much empowering. And if you're young and you're looking on TikTok primarily and Instagram about what clients in the luxury space are wearing, you're not gonna find it on TikTok or Instagram. No. So mm -hmm. that's the other thing. Balenciaga, you know, traditionally you know, the, the most beautiful ball gowns in the world. But now it's all over TikTok. It's for streetwear. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not what yeah. the luxury clients are wearing. I won't, mm -mm. that's not true. There are definitely some that are wearing it and maybe that's who you want to be your clients and that's fabulous. If that's the case, start wearing a little Balenciaga. 
Um, but if not, and like right now, for example, what you said about Chloe. So this woman, Gabriella Hurst, who is all about sustainability and arts and crafts mm -hmm. and artisanship, she yep. is now at the helm of Chloe. So Chloe is now like the height of fashion for people in the know. Mm -hmm. So they have that they have that leather dress with the balloon sleeves that right? I want so badly. I know it's incredible. And it's Chanel incredible. And Chloe both kind of had this sort of a little bit of a romantic edge to them, yes. whereas YSL and um, Max Mara and stuff like that, that's more like menswear for women and stuff like that. So once you know that, then all you have to do is just like, you know, sit on your bed and scroll, like you said, the real real and go make friends with people at the consignment store in your town and say, if anything, if this ever comes in, something like this, this is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, they'll call you and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. and then once yeah. you start, like you said, once you were creative like that, now I'm sure you're just looking at things all the time thinking, how can I recreate this and make it mine? Yes. yes. It was, it was empowering to put together an outfit for myself. Right. And, and, and I guess made. I Right. Yeah. Well, I'm a little extra, right, it's Allison? So I couldn't just be like, I was getting very frustrated because I was like, what do you mean there's no size 12 in Carolina Herrera? I and know. I don't actually don't think that she makes it. I like I looked everywhere. Yeah, they're right? starting so, to do that. But for yeah. sure, traditionally, they did not do that. And the other thing is a 12, 14 is not it's not plus size. It's considered well, sure. curvy right now. I think that's what right. they're calling it. Or like midsize. On TikTok, they call everyone my size. It's like, we're midsize. I was like, is right. that what it is? I mean, right. whatever. Whatever it is, It was I was having a hard time. So I got really frustrated and I was like, screw it, I'm getting it made. Just in the fact of like, I went out on a limb. Also, because there was a very short time period between me being invited to this gala mm -hmm. and the actual gala, it was like weeks. It wasn't mm -hmm. a long stretch of time at all. Mm -hmm there was a part of my brain that was like, I should have just called a stylist. What am I doing? I'm over my head. I don't, this might not look good. What am I going to do? I'm going to be embarrassed if it doesn't look good. And yeah. it just so it happened that it, you know, surprisingly turned out okay. But I think a lot of people maybe who are listening to my show don't actually know what working with the stylist is like. So can mm -hmm. you shed some light on that? Yes, I can, because I think people think of it in the more traditional way of you know, wealthy people have someone who comes in and basically just dresses them every day. And there are people like that. They come in and organize their closets and in every home they own and all that kind of stuff. But today, the way stylists work, the stylists that you would want to work with, they are very aware of your budget. They learn very quickly your body type, your coloring, your everything from the texture of your hair to the, you know, the height of the heels that you would wear, what your lifestyle is like, where you're spending the most time, what is in your closet that can be used and what you need to bring in to pull together a bunch of looks. And, you know, there's so many little parts of the puzzle and then they pull all that together for you. And while you're working together, you'll have these aha moments. Like I had one recently with a woman who lives in Boulder, but she loves glamour. And so she's trying, she doesn't want to wear hiking boots and jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and so she has, finally, I was like, well, you don't have to. You know, we found a way to sort of mix those two worlds together. And then she was like, this is like a psychological <laughs> event that's happening yeah. here. I am seeing who I am for the first time in so long. So that's amazing. Yeah. And then once it, there are some stylists that say for a thousand dollars, you're going to get four looks you know, that might not be the best way to go because you still have nothing to wear but those four looks. But if right. you find a stylist who says, we're going to pull together this this wardrobe where every piece is functional, multifunctional, practical, within your budget, 
here's a few things maybe to invest in and then they're going to help you put the outfits together and what they're it's like when you raise your children for me it's like my goal for these people is i'm teaching them how to shop for themselves i love that and then some of them keep coming back and say no i know how to do it but i still want you to do it they haven't they're not ready to leave the nest <laughs> so 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 two things because you're based in new york city but you said you're working with someone in in boulder so yeah. do you do it virtual i do i do virtual oh. all over the country yeah i love it yes definitely it's it's so much fun and then is it something that people would do seasonally or yearly or with what frequency do you think all of the above it is interesting when you it's a life moment you know when you get that career um advancement when you're going mm -hmm. on an interview when you have just lost the baby weight when you have just gotten over breast cancer when you've gotten divorced when you're getting married when you have gained weight from covid and you don't want to wait <laughs> for it to come off because most yep. likely it's you know our bodies change somehow during COVID, anyway, everybody <laughs> yes. across the board. Our feet are wider, you know. Yes. Our, our rib cage is wider. All the things. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, if you you can do like you would do with a doctor, you know, sort of interview a couple of them and then say, "This is my budget and this is my lifestyle," you know. So for me, it's a virtual conversation, and I do some homework with them too. They do a Pinterest board and stuff like that for me, so I get a bunch of answers quickly. But then. We can do something as, as short as just do a body and color analysis um, through FaceTime or Zoom. And that tells you the right neckline for you, the right colors for you, the right size patterns and prints for you, um, whether you should wear puff sleeves or steer away from, you know, all of these little things are all based on um, body type. And then also, let's say you're working in a men's industry. There are a lot of things that you might not realize would be distracting to them that are. Mm -hmm. that you could be sabotaging yourself both ways, either being too austere or being inadvertently, distractingly, you know, sexy. So yeah. um, in the end, the goal is for you to have a working wardrobe and to save money and time in the future. And if you're working with someone and you don't feel like that's happening, then you need to politely end that relationship. Because once you get all that set up, then when you get married, you come back. Or then you reach back out and you say, okay, now I want to add a few things in for spring. What can I add that would work with what we already did? I love it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, working with a stylist is one of those things that I think we, as wedding planners, especially we reserve for our clients, right? Like, well, sure. like I worked, I did a wedding um, a couple of months ago to two brides, right? And they mm -hmm. said to me, we need a stylist because we don't want to see what the other person is wearing and, but mm -hmm. we don't even know what we're doing and we're not really dress up people. Like we need help. And I found them a stylist. Mm -hmm. And then I got to thinking like, you know, like you said, yes, it's, it's, it can be very life event dependent, but then also like, especially if someone's listening who like is desperate to like move markets or like, yes. or frankly, just moving, moving from New York to LA or totally Ch Chicago to, D to Dallas, like totally. you should probably hire a stylist to help you with that transition because then it's just one more thing off your plate. You know, it's, um, we're not supposed to know how to do all this stuff for ourselves. No. Like, guess what I want to say. You no, know? you're not. And especially if you're moving from one place to another for work. So you're going to move from one place to another and start work a step back from everybody already, not feeling you're already a little nervous about going into this new situation. And if you know that your stylist knows what they're wearing there um, and you've already got that checked off, you walk in the first day and you're ready to go. And they look up and they're like, oh, cool. She's a new part of our team. Yeah. Instead yeah, of, oh, she must be coming from New York. She's all in black, you know. <laughs> or it is funny though when you said like, South. sorry. 
Oh, right, right, right. It's funny when you said she's in she's in Boulder, but she doesn't want to wear hiking boots. I'm like, I'm in LA and I want to wear like structured structured clothing because exactly. I'm from New York City. Like my 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 style is still very much New York, but I don't often have the opportunity to wear that here because like climate, right? I just want to like wrap myself in blankets and sweaters and it's not it's not sure. really appropriate here. Oh, it's funny. All right, let me, yeah. I have some rapid fire. I have like four okay. this or that questions for you style wise, just for fun. Mm -hmm. he, heels or flats? For me, heels. Delia, what about you? Heels. Love it. Bare legs or pantyhose? Uh, pantyhose and tights in the winter, bare legs in the summer. Same. Um, open toe or closed toe? Both. Right. I guess open for summer, closed for fall, but just depending on the outfit. And are you hat people or not hat people? We love hats. We don't wear them enough, but we do love them. <laughs> love not them. baseball. Well, mom does. I can't. And I have bangs, so that adds like it's a little bit more difficult, but mm -hmm. love them. Just not baseball hats. No baseball hats. No, like, you know. Well, they don't look good on me, but mom does for working <laughs> out. I wear them for working out. Right. But more like. I just want hats to have like a renaissance because mm -hmm. the only people that wear hats in LA are hipsters, yeah. hipster photographers who work in Joshua Tree, and they've kind yes. of co-opted it for everybody else. I love it. I love it. I can picture it so well. <laughs> you know, those big felt, felt floppy hats. Like, I love them. But either it's like you feel like Alexis Rose in Schitt's yeah. Creek or you're yes. like a hipster photographer who works in Joshua Tree. Right. Or Rachel you know? Zoe. Yeah, for sure. Or Rachel Zoe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Rachel Zoe really took that whole look and ran away with it uh -huh. anyhow ladies thank you so much for being here i could literally talk to you all day yeah. about this um, but but unfortunately the episodes can only be so long um i think what i'd what i'm going to ask you this too but what i'd like our listeners to take away from this is that you know paying attention to your personal style and taking the time and energy that that takes is always going to be worth it because it's going to pay off in ways that we can't even know right what's your take on that do you Oh, for sure. Yes. I am a brand consultant. I work with emerging brands. And yesterday I had a consulting client and I was explaining it to him. Like it's the little quinoa, like when you put quinoa in a pot and it's like all the little teeny quinoas, those are all the seeds, all the things that you're doing every single day that will then grow your business. And style is a huge part of that. Style is your nonverbal communication to the world of who you are. Without speaking, you say so much. So Style is quinoa. I might steal that. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, take us home. What do you think? I think that um, I totally agree with Delia. Everything that uh, you do, take a little more time doing it, and you will be very surprised at just the smallest amount of time that you have to take the response you get from people. Ladies, where can everyone find you on the internet? The style that finds us.com is a great hub. And Renee, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is about, so the concept of a bridal stylist is Ooh, not yes. necessarily something that is really a concept. Of course, you get engaged and you're thinking immediately, okay, wedding planner, who am I hiring? But if the wedding planner worked in tandem with a wedding stylist, the client does not, act, you have too much to do as a wedding yes. planner. 
That's so the client's going to be asking you maybe things about style that you don't know, you're not equipped, you don't know what to tell them, and you can't think of all the things you need to think of. So if you worked in tandem with a wedding stylist from the beginning, then it's so much better because y'all can establish a budget and then the wedding stylist has the connections, the expertise, the knowledge for the whole family to create the bride's dream wedding wardrobe. I love it. And also they could probably help with like mom of bride because that's always a that's always kind oh, of a, totally. a tricky thing right moms have I a do lot mom, of anxiety grandmom. oh and grandmom yeah. too yeah oh the whole family and it starts with the engagement party yes the engagement photos all the way through the honeymoon yes so, so it's a lot so every wedding planner should have a stylist in on their uh, more than one probably on their rolodex right. yeah, yeah for yeah. sure i love that so the style that binds us that's your website is that also your instagram yes everything everything, everything. podcast yeah all right oh the podcast too when do you do weekly episodes or do you do seasons Weekly episodes, Weekly. yes. And it's mostly like interviewing emerging designers. Sometimes Love mom it. and I do mother-daughter style chats, Ooh. answering some questions, some style questions people write in. I'm going to go subscribe right now, y'all. Okay, go find the <laughs> podcast. We're going to link to everything in the show notes. To my dear listeners, I hope that you got what you needed out of this episode. And I want to thank you for spending your time with us today. I know that time is the one thing you can't make more of. And so I'm always so grateful that you spend it with us. We will see you friends next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.